Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin, and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Take my hand, come with me. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 8 of Soul Food, where we're going to look at love of the world and worldliness, which in Arabic is called hubbud dunya, loving this temporary world. In this episode, inshallah, we'll look at the blameworthy nature of being in love with the world, just for the sake of loving it. We'll look at what do we mean by worldliness? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, talk about or mean when they mention worldliness or love of the world? And then we'll also look at how do we achieve balance as people living in this world, but also not attached to this world and re- recognizing that we're not going to live in this world forever. So inshallah, that's what we'll look at today. As it pertains to love of the world, to be really honest with you, the Qur'an, the language of the Qur'an is really, it's kind of scary when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about loving the world. Because I think it's, we live in a time as well where we're always encouraged to be attached to the world and to seek worldliness, whether that's clothing or shoes or status or stuff, that we're always surrounded by these you know messages which is a lot of what advertising is calling us to more and more worldliness a stronger and stronger attachment just to life here so much so that you even have funny kind of uh, phrases and idioms that arise such as yolo you just you only live once whereas the believer recognizes you only live once and that's your shot and actually proving and connecting and being honored through this obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Allah talks about love of the world in the Quran, it's pretty intense. There's no denying it, but we'll try to understand it and implement it properly. Allah says, اعلموا أنما الحياة الدنيا لعب ولهو وزينة وتفاخر بينكم Allah says, no, bear in mind that this present life, that the life of this world, this present life, which isn't the only life, is just a game, a diversion, an attraction, a cause of boasting among you, and of rivalry and wealth and children. And this is an accurate description of the dunya. Someone might say, you know, how could you call it a game or a diversion or, you know, it's really serious. But if you look at it, so much of worldliness, the, the, the negative aspect of the world is about this. Look at just the gaming industry. Look at the entertainment industry. It is a booming and bustling industry in and of itself where it just encourages the perspective of enjoy your life and have fun, even if it doesn't contribute 
to your overall well-being. And a cause of boasting among you. This is amazing. Human beings, the nufus, this nafs that we're dealing with in soul food, and we're trying to understand and refine, it's always seeking to be better than others. So someone gets a good job, the nafs wants to say, well, I want to boast and say, I have a better job. Someone has, you know, children who are accomplished. They want to boast that their children are more accomplished or whatever it may be. And it is rivalry and wealth in children. This is accurate. This is the way that the vast majority of humans operate within the dunya. And then Allah goes on to draw a, a, an analogy or a similitude where he says, it is like plants that spring up after the rain. Their growth at first delights those who sow the seeds, but then you see those plants wither away and turn yellow and become stubble. They return back to the earth. They perish, right? They perish. Even if that flower is pretty, it's... You know, its life expectancy is very short. And Allah says, and there is a terrible punishment in the next life, as well as forgiveness and approval from God. And the life of this world is only an illusory pleasure. So what's the point? Someone might say, okay, I'm reading this. Like, why did God put us here? If the world is this distraction and this illusion and, and the hereafter, the stakes are so high, then what's, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? The very next verse, which is in Surah Al-Hadid, Surah number 57, verses number 20 and 21, the very next verse answers that for us. Allah says, سَابِقُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَا كَعَرْضِ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ so race towards your Lord's forgiveness. So the whole point, the whole point of everything is that it's a lesson for us and a reminder so that we can wake up and turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we can wake up and we can turn back to our Lord. That all safety, all benefit, all goodness, all peace, all mercy, is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So where else are we going? What else are we looking for? Let's be honest. And human beings, we have this hole in our heart. And as the sages of Islam say, there's a hole in your heart that can only be filled by Allah. And we as human beings in this world, when people don't have guidance and they're not connected to divine revelation, they look for all this stuff to fill in their hearts because they're seeking Allah and they don't recognize it. They don't realize it. So Allah says, So race, turn, run back to Allah to seek His forgiveness and a garden and paradise which is as wide as the heavens and earth. And that garden has been prepared for those who believe in Allah and His messengers. That is God's bounty which He bestows on whoever He pleases, and God's bounty is infinite. So the point of these verses and the point of describing the world in this way is to tell us 
It's not about this fleeting pleasure. Don't get caught up in the hype. There's more to it. You were meant for more. You were meant for more than this. And the Prophet says in an authenticated hadith, وَلَوْ كَانَتَ الدُّنْيَا تَعْدِلُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ جَنَاحَ بَعُوضَةً مَا سَقَى كَافِرًا مِنْهَا شَرْبَةً مَا That he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if this world, this very temporary, it's not even a permanent place, this very temporary world, if it was worth in the sight of God, the same as the wing of a fly, then God wouldn't have given a disbeliever even a drink of water. That if the world had carried the weight of even the wing of a fly with Allah in terms of its value, then God wouldn't have given a disbeliever a drink of water. Now this is, this is heavy, but what that means is that this world and worldliness being given things in this world is not in and of itself a sign that someone is right with God. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the messenger, peace and blessings be upon him, and all the prophets and messengers reminded humanity that we're not supposed to put all our eggs in this basket. We're not meant to put all our hopes in this world because it's so short. It's not our place. Our souls are heavenly. We're not meant to be in this world permanently. So don't put your hopes here. You should seek something beyond that. You should seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we were meant for more. And what's really interesting is that even on a practical level, and you've probably experienced this within your own life, and I know I have, is that the sense of satisfaction that you get in the world never truly fulfills us. The sense of satisfaction that you can get. You can get a whole bunch of stuff. I'm sure you felt this. I felt this way where I wanted something. I wanted a nice piece of clothing or a nice shirt or a game when I was younger or whatever it may be. Or as, as an adult, we have games too. They're called smartphones, right? Uh, but you get something and then as soon as you get it, it kind of loses value in your eyes. And then something newer comes out or something flashier comes out. Or you see someone who has something else that you want and all of a sudden you want that thing. That's the nature of the dunya. That's the nature of this worldliness, this lower world becoming attached to it. And the things in it limits us and it doesn't give us a true sense of fulfillment that can only be achieved through yearning for Allah and seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The sense of fulfillment in connecting to our Lord cannot be compared by anything in this world. There's a beautiful saying of Prophet Jesus alayhi salam, Sayyidina Isa, Jesus, peace be upon him, who said that the one who seeks the world, if you're just looking for this world, is like someone who keeps drinking salt water from the ocean. The more they drink, the thirstier they get. It's like drinking salt water. The more a person drinks, the thirstier they become. It doesn't fulfill them. It's not actually the water that they're supposed to satiate themselves with, which is why we're talking about soul food. 
the food of your soul, the thing that will nourish you and fulfill you, is seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the only thing. So that's kind of the blameworthy nature of worldliness. So what do we mean by worldliness? Is it all bad? Does that mean that like you can't be happy or you can't smile or you can't enjoy anything? That's not what's meant. Imam al-Ghazali says that there are three kinds of things in the world, two of which are good, one of which is bad. So he said one aspect of the world that stays with you is whatever you acquire in it from knowledge and worship. Whatever you acquire in this world of knowledge, sacred knowledge, knowledge that gives you a deeper understanding and love and connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and acts of worship. He said that righteous people, when the only thing that they would miss of the world, like if someone withheld them from worship, it would hurt them. So that kind of being, that kind of attachment to the world is not worldliness. It's not being attached to the world. It's being attached to Allah through acts of knowledge and worship that one attains in the world. Imam al-Ghazali says that's good. He says the second kind of thing that you attain in the world is something that bears no fruit in the hereafter. And he said that mainly is sin and excessive luxuries. They bear no fruit in the hereafter. And actually sin, obviously, is more of harm in the hereafter. So he says this is bad. This is the kind of worldliness that we have to be careful of. And he says the third category is everything in the world that assists you in seeking knowledge and worship of Allah, such as uh, the amount of wealth that you need to take care of yourself, the amount of wealth that you can acquire so that you can feed yourself so that you're not in a state of need of anyone else and family and children and so forth that one uses as a vehicle of worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, says in another hadith, whoever seeks the world in a way that is permissible but does so excessively and arrogantly so that they can boast will meet God and God will be angry with him. But whoever seeks it and is careful and refrains from asking from people and protects themselves from excess will come on the day of resurrection with his face like the full moon. So we are in this world and we can take from this world, but we should never take things that are displeasing to Allah and we really shouldn't take more than we need because that becomes a distraction from our purpose in actually being here. So how do we strike a balance? How do we strike a balance? People get really sensitive when you talk about worldliness and they start to say, no, you know, it's all good because they don't want to feel guilty about their own excess or their own luxuries. And unfortunately, the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he warned us. He said, this is one of the tribulations that the Ummah will face is that they will seek after worldliness and they'll seek luxuries and comforts. And many of us have fallen into that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. But what is the balance? The balance, we're not people who are encouraged to be monks and to cut ourselves off from the world and avoid any kind of worldly pleasure and to live 
a very austere life. We're not encouraged to be like that, but at the same time, we're not people of indulgence and luxury and enjoying everything that the world has to offer. We're in the middle. And the best balance, the best way to understand balance is to look at the Prophet Muhammad and his companions, the way that they lived. And there also, even amongst the companions, there was a variety of people. There were those who lived in the masjid and devoted themselves just to worship. And then there were those who were in the marketplace. But even those who were in the marketplace, they weren't attached. They weren't seeking luxury. They weren't seeking that. They were using it as a means of having independence and being dignified in their life and in their existence as part of their worship of Allah. And whenever there was the, the need to give charity or to give in the way of Allah, they were happy to do so. They weren't attached to it. They knew that they weren't going to be with that wealth and that luxury forever because the world is fleeting. So we have to ask ourselves when we're looking for that balance, when we're trying to assess, where do I stand? Where do you stand? The way that you assess yourself is asking yourself, what is my priority? Is my priority this temporary pleasure or is it yearning for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And if your heart is full of yearning for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you won't have attachment to the world even if you have a lot of worldly things. Even if you have a nice house and a nice car, if your attachment is to Allah, then that's not the kind of worldliness that we need to be careful of. It's the kind of worldliness that veils us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the hereafter. So what is the call to action? The call to action is simple. The next time you want something, the next time there's something that catches your eye at the store, whether it's clothing or shoes or a piece of technology or whatever it may be, is to honestly ask yourself, do I really need this? Is this something that will bear fruit for me in the hereafter or is it something that's just excessive? And if it's excessive, then leave it for the sake of Allah. And if it's something that helps you in the hereafter, then by all means, it's something that would be good. So the next time something catches your eye, think really critically about it and then make the decision whether you want to go ahead and have it in your life or not. So jazakumallah kul khair for listening once again. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill our hearts with yearning of Him and love of Him and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And may we be people who are not veiled from Him and do not fall into things that are displeasing to Him and that we are united uh, with the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon Him, in the highest levels of paradise. Jazakumullah kul khair once again. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Astaghfirullah